Welcome to the Branding Boardroom, the podcast where we discuss brand strategy and how it should be understood, formulated, and implemented by senior corporate decision makers. Our guests range from prominent CEOs to accomplished academics and thought leaders. But there's so much more. They're also interesting people. Now follow me into the Branding Boardroom. Professor Oliver Eric Yellow is a leading figure in the fields of brand sociology, brand management, and consumer philosophy. In 2018, he was appointed to the world's first professorship in brand sociology at Mitvaida University of Applied Sciences, and previously taught at the University of Hamburg, as well as at the Lucerne University of Applied Sciences and Arts. He's the founder of the brand development agency Bureau für Markenentwicklung, as well as the head of the innovation lab at Deutsche Zerederei, a German holding company with subsidiaries in a wide variety of sectors. Professor Eric Yellow is the author or co-author of numerous research publications and 20 books, including the influential volumes Green Branding and Reality Branding. And it's my great pleasure to welcome today Professor Oliver Ericiello. Hi, Oliver. Where are you calling from? Hi, Ivo. Um, I'm here from Hamburg in Germany, and I'm very happy to be in your show today. Thank you very much. Well, it's a pleasure to have you with us. So we all know about your career and your achievements, and you've had great success working both in academia and in industry on many exciting projects. Let's begin by talking about your story. What was the beginning of your career like? <laughs> well, that's a long story because I'm already old. So I like to make it short. Um, I started studying sociology and psychology here in Hamburg in the 90s. I had the opportunities in, in the 90s and in the 2000s to, well, support companies by strengthening their brands in Europe, big brands, big companies. And uh, then I started to teach because I was always fascinated uh, in order to get into contact with the, the young generations to learn for them. But because in the end, uh, a professor is nothing else than an eternal student. So in the moment, uh, my career pathway uh, has three pillars. It's the academia, it's uh, consultancy, and it's daily business in hospitality. One thing that perhaps our audience would be interested in is uh, what can you do to help these companies? What kind of uh, services do you provide for um, the industry? And how does this relate to your work in academia as well? To understand how trust works, and trust is nothing else than a social dynamics in order to minimize your transaction costs. Well, in order to do that, you need to understand how groups of people, how, well, collectives, to work. And that's what we do in the Büro für Markenentwicklung. And this might sound very theoretical, but in the end it's not theoretical because you have to find um, the instruments and maybe also the, the, the pillars of success of a brand in order, well, to adjust them, to manage them, to, in the end, strengthen the brand. In an era where it gets more and more complicated 
uh, well, to install your message. Um, because there are so many messages, so many irritations in the market, so that in the end, just the brand who has a clear image, who has a clear, clear uh, uh, notion of what they are doing, might have the possibility to get into the mind of the people. When you think about this field, of brand sociology, uh, how would you describe it to a broader audience and especially to practitioners in the branding industry who might be listening to the show? Normally, what is sociology all about? Well, sociology is the science of alliances. One of the strongest in our era alliances we are having in these times are the alliances we are having with things. So, but most of the things that are surrounding us are not, are not without any kind of logo. They are all branded. Why we choose a Tesla and not a Mercedes? That's sociology. You are asking why do people trust a Mercedes more than a Tesla or than Neo, for example? Or what should NEO do that people are going to trust them more and more and more? You can't manage a brand just by looking at numbers because you don't know the reason why you have achieved these numbers. If you want to describe a certain living system, your brand, then it's about knowing its history and knowing its pathway uh, throughout time until now. Your thought seems to have been influenced quite a lot by a lot of the great German sociologists. And uh, in many ways, they've also um, shaped a lot of what we know about the social sciences today. So thinkers such as uh, Max Weber, uh, Jürgen Habermas, Theodor Adorno, of course, their audience is familiar with uh, the great Karl Marx as well uh, here in China. And uh, thinking about these um, sort of old school thinkers and um, these sort of grand frameworks of conceptualizing how the world works and how sort of social relations work and relate to um, everything around us, including branding as well. Is this something that practitioners should uh, read or take into account um, and sort of uh, use to inform their businesses? And if yes, how should they do that? Very good question, Io. And um, well, my first reaction to your question was, um, what I want to say to people who are really managing a brand is we are used to, to, to be aware of things that change. But if you're really going to manage a brand fundamentally, uh, I want you to hesitate and not to do everything everyone is going to tell you to change. Successful brands have something to do with a lot of hesitation and, well, stability. Classical uh, authors are not classical because they are just old, because they said something valuable which seem to be, well, actual until now. They wanted to understand the structure of social, uh, social alliances. And that's interesting, and that's why they are valuable until now. So is there a European brand sociology that's unique um, and if it is, what is it and, and what can we learn from it as well? These companies, well, they have managed to install globally a certain kind of 
collective trust in, 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 in their segment within the buyers, especially in the B2B buyers. Um, and they do not invest a lot of their, uh, of their budgets in uh, classical marketing. Why? Because their, their work um, of, uh, of convincing people has already been done. It is done, it has been done because their work in the, in the last decades has been so good that word to mouth, um, people well, are asking themselves, okay, who has a good performance? Is there a company we can trust? And a lot of times it, it, it is these kind of medium, small and, uh, small and medium sized companies, um, especially coming from Europe. What do I want to sell? There's a certain kind of difference between a classical American view on the one hand and a classical European view. This has nothing to do with being right or wrong. It's a result of a different structure which we have in the economy. Which do you believe are some of the um, best practices that you've seen uh, throughout the years and which are some examples of uh, sort of perhaps bad advertising or, or bad communication? Um, you could perhaps also share some uh, cases or some examples from your uh, personal experience as well. Lots of the advertisements which we have today might seem very creative, might seem very trendy. They might seem also very purposeful, but it's not about success. The success of advertisement is still that you sell something. And with advertisement, you sell more than without it. Normally, in these days, we are just measuring the awareness. We are saying, okay, there has been a lot of engagement, a lot of likes uh, on, on Facebook and all these kind of social networks or whatever exists. But this is not an indicator for success. The indicator for success of advertisement is in the end, am I really going to sell more after this advertisement? And how do I make it? Well, I have to secure people that my expectations will be fulfilled. You will see that all these kind of maybe boring advertisements which we see might be the best ones. They don't win prizes at these kind of awards uh, or these kind of awards which we have at the festival for advertisements in America, in Asia, in, in, in Europe. But in the end, they just reproduce my expectations. As we move towards the end of our conversation, um, one question that uh, I also wanted to ask you is, if you had just one minute of all of the top global CEOs' time, what would your message or what would your most essential advice be for them? <laughs> one minute? Okay. <laughs> that, 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 that is very tricky. And uh, I want to quote it now. It would be some consolation for the feebleness of ourselves and of our works if all things should perish as slowly as they come into being, but as it is, increases a sluggish growth, but the way to ruin is rapid. It's from Seneca. It's very hard to build up trust. We know it from our personal life. The same way if we talk about brands and branding.
we have to build up trust. And trust building has something to do with keeping to your performances, keeping the expectations, and building up reliable, reliable well, relationships. So, of course, we hope that um, you'll have the chance to also um, speak in person to um, our audience here in China um, very soon as well. So whenever we're going to see you um, here um, in China talking to all of our uh, friends and all of our uh, um, sort of uh, CEOs in our network. I will be very happy to come. I've been there uh, just this year uh, in springtime. It was an incredible, great experience being in China. Um, and uh, I would love to come again. Thank you very much, Ivo, for this great interview. This has been very, very interesting questions. I'm very happy uh, to have been your guest. Thank you very much. Well, it's our pleasure, Oliver. Uh, we hope to see you in person very, very soon. And thank you for being on the Branding Boardroom. Thank you.